let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very Looking important. The future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hi, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Sarah Heath, Managing Editor for Intelligent Healthcare Media and Lead Writer for Patient Engagement HIT. There is a great debate taking over healthcare about how best to fill primary care provider shortages, from the dwindling number of healthcare professionals going into the specialty to the growing number of people already living in primary care provider shortage areas to the plethora of rural hospital closures it is clear that the industry needs to find more providers. But therein lies the rub. While some believe healthcare teams foremost must be led by physicians, others, like today's guest, April Kapu, the president of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, argue that advanced practice providers like NPs are poised to fill those gaps. April is also a professor at Vanderbilt and an acute care NP, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show today, April. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's so great to be here. Yeah, I guess maybe just to get us started and settled in, if you wanted to tell me a little bit about your work for AANP and some of the advocacy that the organization is involved in. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the current president for the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. We are the largest nurse practitioner association representing all specialties in the United States. As you may know, there's over 355,000 nurse practitioners today and continue to grow to meet those needs that you just mentioned so well. But as an organization, we provide a lot of support in terms of practice tools, resources, lots and lots of education, workshops, conferences, labs, online modules to keep our nurse practitioners up to date in all that's happening in the evidence and evidence-based practice. You mentioned advocacy. We are very engaged in state and national advocacy, really making sure that we are on the forefront of improving patient care, patient care outcomes, access to care, and full and direct access to nurse practitioner care. Great. I guess if you wanted to orient our listeners a little bit, I know I gave a a brief summary that there's a primary care shortage, there's a general healthcare provider shortage, but if you could give us a few more details about some of those shortages, you know, how urgent is this problem in the U.S. right now? Well, it is urgent, very urgent. Even before the pandemic, there were many areas that there were significant healthcare provider shortages across our country. 2023, we're at 99 million, but we will soon be at 100 million Americans that lack access to primary care. So it is definitely urgent that we get as much primary care in every community. As you know, primary care is very important to health promotion, to disease prevention, to be able to detect and and do those early screenings. If we are not staying on top of chronic disease management, like diabetes and heart conditions, you see more patients going to the emergency room or having more complications. So we need to make sure that we're in every community providing that much needed primary care. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about you know, the role that NPs can play in helping to solve this primary care provider shortage. Well, I mentioned that there's over 355,000 nurse practitioners in the U.S. today, Mm -hmm. still growing at a tremendous rate, and that is to meet this need. About 90% of the nurse practitioners are educated, they're trained, they're board certified to provide primary care. They're working in community centers, they're working in mobile clinics, 
They are seeing patients in the home. They're in skilled nursing facilities. They're in tribal clinics. They're not in just your traditional brick and mortar, but they are really making sure that they are providing care where patients are, where they live, meeting them where they are. And I know one of you know the main topics that we're going to discuss today is practice authority or scope of practice. I have some specific questions for you, but if you could just outline for me what practice authority or scope of practice, what that means, just to kind of get a working definition for the rest of our conversation. Absolutely. Well, for nurse practitioners, as you probably know, we have national standards for accredited education, for training, Mm -hmm. for national board certification, but each one of the states oversees the rules and regulations around licensure authority. Full practice authority is the ability for a nurse practitioner to have the licensure authority to practice to the fullest extent of their education and their training. Mm -hmm. Nurse practitioners are educated and trained to diagnose, to prescribe, to order and interpret tests. So we are very, very trained and able to do this. And so full practice authority is simply the ability to be able to work to the fullest extent of our education and training under our professional board, the Board of Nursing. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. And I just, I know I was reviewing some of my questions and I was like, we should get a standard definition for this conversation. So I appreciate you kind of walking us through that, you know, to that end, if you wanted to kind of outline for me, where the country is at in granting nurse practitioners full practice authority, you know, where has progress been made? How have the events in recent years with COVID kind of changed things with full practice authority? All that good stuff. There is a lot of momentum for states to update outdated laws and remove barriers to access to care so that patients in those states have full and direct access to nurse practitioners wherever they are in their communities, whatever setting that they may come across nurse practitioners. There are 27 states and D.C. and two territories where nurse practitioners have full practice authority. We follow those states out from when they go to full practice authority. And we have seen in states that move to full practice authority, an increase in workforce, Mm -hmm. an improvement in healthcare outcomes. We've seen more nurse practitioners moving to historically underserved areas, Mm -hmm. but there are still 23 states that still have outdated laws. And many of those states are listed as having the worst outcomes in the U.S., heart disease, diabetes, obesity, And this is really full practice authority has been shown time and time again to be very effective, to increase access to care. So this is a no cost, no delay solution to making sure people throughout these states have access to NPs in their community. Yeah, I know you kind of started talking a little bit about those 23 remaining states that have not expanded full practice authority. I wanted to hear a little bit about some of the challenges in terms of getting to full practice authority, where some of the friction is and what the journey toward getting it nationwide might look like. So it's really the legislators in each state that make the laws. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting that message to those legislators of exactly what full practice authority is, simply that we want to work to the fullest extent of our education and training, but what the impact is, the tremendous impact full practice authority has on the people living within their state. And so getting that evidence, that information to the lawmakers, 
that's really key in order to move full practice authority forward. So we're doing that as an organization, but also nurse practitioners and many organizations that support nurse practitioners. So the National Academy of Medicine, the National Governors Association, the Federal Trade Commission, many states have chambers of commerce that are very supportive of moving to full practice authority. AARP is a wonderful partner. So everyone that's engaged in speaking with the legislators as well as patients will really help to update and educate legislators so that they can update their laws, remove those unnecessary barriers. Mm -hmm. I have a quick follow-up. The issue might be moot, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about I know during the pandemic, like you mentioned, there was a lot of momentum about expanding it. I remember covering it in the moment that, you know, a lot of states granted practice authority because they were like, oh my God, we need to get people access to care with this huge pandemic that we're experiencing. Are any of those expansions going to sunset now that we are moving more into an endemic situation with COVID? Is that something that is an issue that we need to be thinking about or talking about? Well, you bring up a really good point with the pandemic. 20 states that had historically had restricted practice actually put into place executive orders, which Mm -hmm. relieved those outdated barriers. So in those states, those patients had better access to care, especially during a time like the pandemic where we needed testing, we needed vaccinations, we needed treatments. And in those states, they waived those outdated restrictions. And we saw no change. Everybody continued to do great. We saw better access. We saw better outcomes. And Over the last two and a half, three years, we've seen several states move to full practice authority. So they just rolled right into that. This is working well. The people in our states are getting better access to care. NPs are educated and trained to do this. Let's make sure we have more primary care providers in every community. And so we are going to move to full practice authority. So we saw Massachusetts, Delaware, Kansas, New York, most recently Utah, also moved to full practice authority. So yes, in answer to your question, the pandemic really just created a big spotlight on existing gaps that we have in healthcare. It spotlighted some of these barriers. And so that really helped us to propel forward the importance of NPs moving to full practice authority so we could address some of these big challenges. Absolutely. And I wanted to, you know, earlier in the episode, I did allude to there being a bit of a debate in healthcare about this. I know one of the arguments against full practice authority is some groups say that physicians should be directing or leading care teams, quarterbacking, if you will. From your perspective, what's the function for a physician oversight? You know, when is it appropriate? When is it not? I want you to be able to kind of address that counter argument a little bit. Well, I have heard the term quarterback and quarterback is really for sports. It's for football. It's all around the, the whole schematic of football and healthcare. It's very different. And if you read the National Academy of Medicine, this is is very profound. It's really around the patient. What does the patient need? What are their unique needs? And how do healthcare clinicians, providers come together to meet those needs? So this might be a nurse practitioner working with a social worker. That might be what that patient needs to get the healthcare that they need. I work in acute care, which is in a hospital. I work on a big team with surgeons and respiratory therapists and nurses and physical therapists. 
we all come around that patient and help that patient and that family, their caregivers, based on what their needs are. So this concept of quarterback is really best left to football. We really need to surround that patient with what they need, coordinate, collaborate, work together, which is exactly what nurse practitioners do so well. You bring up a good point about what the patient needs. I was wondering if you could talk to me about if you have any data or anecdotal insights about the impact on patient experience or patient satisfaction when they visit with an NP versus another type of provider, if there are any differences there? Well, today, about 70% of Americans have either know an NP or they've seen an NP. I think that's a big difference in when we were talking 20 years ago when most people were asking what's an NP. Mm -hmm. So many people have seen an NP. We have about a billion patients every year that see nurse practitioners. So many people have a good relationship with their nurse practitioner. Patient satisfaction, patient experience, outcomes of care, all incredibly important. We spend a lot of time as an organization at, at AANP, but a lot of time invested in research and demonstrating those outcomes. Excellent studies. Let me tell you about one 2020 LIU, LIU study at all. Um, huge study, 870 plus thousand patients in that study where they looked at patients that rolled to an NP template. Their physician either retired, moved, and so the patient rolled to an NP template. No change in outcomes. So there were similar outcomes of care. There was a reduction in cost of care. Patients were satisfied with the care that they received. So large scale, very validated, very reliable studies demonstrating our impact. We just want patients to have a choice. They should have a choice to see the care provider that they want to see. And I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of years meeting with lots of people, lots of students, lots of faculty, but lots of just people across the U.S. And I've talked to them about their experiences with their nurse practitioners. I spent a lot of time speaking with reporters and journalists, and nine times out of 10, they are telling me their story, their experience with their nurse practitioner, and that their nurse practitioner, above all, listens. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do. We provide a very comprehensive approach to healthcare. We're very focused on social determinants of health, social context. We want our patients to be engaged in their care, to be excited about seeing a healthcare provider, to really be empowered in their healthcare. So that's what we're focused on as nurse practitioners. And I would encourage you, Sarah, if you don't see an NP, please ask your colleagues and friends in general, the experiences have been very positive with nurse practitioners. Great. And, you know, just to close out, moving beyond practice authority, what other issues or barriers are we facing in addressing this primary care provider shortage? If I could wave my magic wand and, you know, we've expanded practice authority nationwide, what would be next on your list for kind of solving some of these shortages? Well, we need to invest in primary care as a country. Mm -hmm. I mentioned a nearly 100 million Americans lack access to primary care. If you read, and I mentioned earlier, the National Academy of Medicine, excellent report. The Future of Nursing 2020-2030, excellent report in terms of investing in primary care as a whole. So that's one thing, is investing in getting access to care for everyone, everywhere. 
throughout our country. The second thing is to really invest in our workforce. We need to really build up our healthcare workforce. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need more nurses. We need more nurse practitioners. We need just about every type of healthcare worker out there working to take care of our nation's people our individuals, our families across the nation. So investing in our workforce and especially over the pandemic, if we haven't seen it and heard it, I don't know where we've been, but the impact to the healthcare workforce, we really need to invest in healthy work environments and supporting our workforce. Mental health is important for everyone, including our healthcare workers. Great, and also what role will NPs play in advancing health equity? Well, Sarah, health equity is the very essence, the core, the philosophy of what we do as nurse practitioners. We are about advancing equitable, high-quality care for communities everywhere. That, as as an organization, the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, that's our mission, Mm -hmm. to empower nurse practitioners to advance high-quality, equitable health care. So health equity is central to what we do. Healthcare should be available to everyone, no matter what community they live in, what their economic standpoint is. We want to make sure that everyone has access to healthcare. And that's why you see nurse practitioners in mobile clinics, you see them in community centers, you see them everywhere where patients need care. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, April. This has been really insightful. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's been nice to spend some time with you and speak a little bit more about the primary care, healthcare access challenges that we're facing today, and certainly a little bit of time to speak more about nurse practitioners. Listeners, we would love to hear your insights on this topic as well. So if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share or any questions or topics that you think that we should cover in future episodes, please reach out to me at kwadill at intelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at intelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. And also don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening. This is a Tech Target production.